This is Amber. And this is Shannon. And you're listening to Twin Beats, the Chicken Fanatics podcast. It's fucking great. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 25 of the Twin Twin Beaks Beaks Chicken Podcast. I'm Shannon. I'm Amber. And welcome once again to the show. Well, let's see. What are we going to talk about today? Uh, Let's just get started. What's new with the flock? Let's see. Have we done anything exciting with them or are they just happy being chickens? They're pretty happy being chickens. Um, They are still in their coop. They don't come out in the yard as much as I'd like them to. I realized I needed to build a run for them because even though they have almost half an acre to uh, have fun on and run around on, they go straight for all the nice tender green plants that I love and just nuke them. So they're in confinement now and uh, we're gonna get busy with that and yeah, we just put a predator apron around the bottom of our that's true. coop, so that's pretty cool. I just stapled it to the sides, because covered they it with rocks. Are digging down on the inside. Yeah, they're doing their dust bath stuff, and it's like getting into the danger zone. Yeah. So that's about it for them. We're gonna get them more space. Yeah. I don't think they're particularly hurting for it, but it. Nah. Would... We like luxuriant chickens. Yeah, I was hoping they'd go around and eat all the weeds and keep them down. (laughs) But really what they're doing is eating all my plants. So Yeah, they eat everything you want. That's right. They're not eating anything I don't want. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's how it works. They're like, we don't want dandelions and bindweed and star thistle. That's disgusting. Although they, they do a lot of debugging, which yeah probably on net is good yeah especially with a lot of fruit trees because that'll yeah. keep down infestations of certain types of bugs that like to go after fruit trees that is cool when they do get to run free they eat um, a lot of the fallen fruit and we have a ton of it so that's kind of rad they you know can fill up on that all day long yeah yeah so that's about it for the chickens they're cool. happy well then why don't we uh go over the iTunes thing oh, there. Oh, yes. I'm really excited about that. Me too. Thank you to um, two people who left us reviews on iTunes. We are so grateful, and it really helped us so much because now we actually show up in ratings and get suggested to people. We have enough reviews. So we'd like to thank um, Wet Dog Food for leaving us a <laughs> wonderful review. They say, Who doesn't love wet dog food? <laughs> I am really enjoying this podcast and learning a lot along the way. Love the songs at the closing. Ghost Chickens in the Sky still has me smiling. I love Amber's thoughtful and funny input, but if possible, please turn up the audio for Amber so I don't miss a word. Thanks for all your hard work. Thank you, wet dog food. You are awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. So really quick. Uh, it's possible that Wet Dog Food has been listening to podcasts from earlier when we had one microphone. Oh. And then remember mm-hmm. we had one microphone 
Yeah. And then we discovered that it had uh, two feeds inside of it, and yeah. one side was bad. So there was a couple was episodes quiet. Yeah. where you were sitting on the dead side. Yeah. And your voice was actually picking up on my side. So And it's all on one track, so I couldn't really right. edit it without doing some crazy stuff which made it sound bad you know so um now we have thanks to shannon two microphones <laughs> and our sound quality is so much better that wasn't a roundabout way to get me to get patted on the back <laughs> <laughs> i know but i have to say thank you because it made a big difference anyhow uh you guys out there if you continue to have uh, problems hearing one of us let us know we we really do appreciate feedback yeah. like that because we don't want to record something and then you're not hearing it and we only we only listen to it on one sound source so there's a lot of different things in the world out there as far as audio and that's true we don't know how it's going to sound on different things but there's more yes there's one more review by wonders of the world thank you oh. wonders of the world for leaving us this really adorable review that kind of melted my heart and makes me go ah! um, <laughs> it says I just really love chickens I want them in a basket and I want them with little bow ties and on a rainbow and on my bed finally a podcast that makes me feel like one of the flock I'm learning more and more each show about my fellow feathered friends keep up the good work I just love that I could tell we're on the same page Fellow that's, chicken fanatic there. That's fantastic. <laughs> and uh, we really do appreciate your iTunes reviews. It helps us get found by new people. The podcast gets suggested to more people, and that will expand the audience, which in turn improves the quality of the show, actually, because we do get a f quite a few things from the audience. Uh, lots of wonderful photographs, which mm -hmm. we also love photographs of you people and your fine feathered friends. So yes. please feel free to send those to us. Yeah, and show those suggestions or cool <sighs> articles, whatever you guys want to hear about then. So yes, thank you uh, for leaving us your iTunes reviews. We did make it to uh, the first page of Google. If you search for Twin Beaks, we still rank under a Sesame Street segment involving Cookie Monster, but <laughs> with your iTunes reviews and the continued expansion of the show, one day we will rank higher than Cookie Monster. Yes, <laughs> with any luck at all. I'm very excited. It was really cool, actually, to see us on the front page of Google yeah. for a change. Well, I think we were on the second page of like Chicken Podcast, which is really a big deal. I think we made it onto the first page of Chicken That's Podcast, That's a really big deal, too. so yes, we're really is. excited about that. Yes, it is. We haven't really been around that long and we love doing this and we hope that oh, we people do. find it so that it's, helps I look a lot forward to it all week yay so all right shall well, we go into the cabinet of chicken curiosities well that it's wide yes. open <laughs> it's my favorite place to be yes let's check out see what's inside today well first of all i have um a little tip for you um which I learned online um, about why you should store your eggs with the pointy end facing down in your egg cartons. If you look at a chicken egg, it's got a like kind of round end and one that's a little bit more pointy. Mm -hmm. And apparently the big blunt end, um, there's a pocket of oxygen that's in there uh, next to the albumin 
And that is the best way to store your eggs because the albumin is antibacterial and doesn't have a lot um, for nasty things to grow in the egg. And usually most bacteria needs some oxygen to get really going. And the egg, as time goes on, starts absorbing more and more oxygen into the interior of the shell. And the chick that's growing inside of it will use that oxygen to develop. And what happens if you store it the other way, that air pocket, just because that's going to rise through liquid, it tries to find its way upward and it's at the opposite end when you have it facing that way. It squishes past the yolk. I guess sometimes it can mess up the yolk or, or um, you know, get stuck on the side where there's more likely to have bacteria growing when there's air next to the yolk and it can kind of just mess it up. So I thought that was really fascinating. I didn't know that about eggs and so a little bit of an interesting fact about egg anatomy and how you could use it to your advantage if you wanted your eggs to last longer. You're going to plan on storing them for a long time. So yeah. it's pretty it. interesting. Very subtle thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very, very subtle. Very subtle. I'm not sure how much difference it would make, but, you know, if sometimes in certain situations, every little bit counts. Now, um, secondly... I think everyone's seen these commercials, and if you haven't, you should really check it out. It's for a phone of some sort, and it shows this uh, chicken with a little helmet on with a video camera on it, and it, it has this perfect wobble-free, super stable visual effect because of this thing called head tracking that um, many birds do. Um, so it's, they call it the Gaius cam. It's pretty cute. It's pretty, pretty funny commercial. The what cam? Gaius cam. Because, ah, you know, okay. a chicken's a Gaius, Gaius ah, in Latin. I see. Yeah. So basically the idea is that the camera is on the head of the chicken and no matter how you move its body around, its head stays locked in the same place and delivers a perfect even shot. Right. right. Yeah. So the chicken turns out to be the ultimate camera stabilizing device. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's okay. really, really fascinating. And, uh. The way this works is it relies on the vestibular system and that's a system that's inside the chicken's ears or the bird's ears. It has semicircular canals with small rocks. And I don't know what that means exactly, but this is the, the article I read. So it has little, I guess, granules probably or something like that. And the yeah. uh, rocks are properly known as otoliths. So you can look that up. And the circular canals sense that means ear rock. Yeah, ear rock. It's gonna rock out. I could be wrong on that. Huh. Lith is rock. Okay. And I think so. Maybe it just means ear rocks. Wow, that's that's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Anyway, so the semicircular canals sense rotational movements, and the little rocks in the ears, called otoliths, um, <laughs> sense linear movements. So they have this amazing ability to 
know exactly where their head is in relation to their environment. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty spectacular. And when you think about it, the most strange thing to me is that the head knows where it is and it responds to minute adjustments constantly that keep it in the same spot. What that means is that if the body is being moved around, the head is moving all the time. The head and neck is making adjustments and movements mm -hmm. to match the, uh, you know, in relation to where the chicken's body is. And that just kind of blows my mind because it's one thing to hold your head perfectly still, but to think that like, no matter it's what actually, happens to your body. Yeah, it's like it's holding perfectly still or it appears to to the observer. Yeah. But really what's happening is it's the neck and everything else is and the head is moving all around in relation to the to body at the, the same still. time. Yeah. So it's I was sort quite of thinking like imagine getting in a wave pool ah. and holding your <laughs> head in exactly the perfect place no matter what happens to your body and how much contortion of your yeah. body you'd have to do to even try to do that how much you'd have to think about and that and how badly you'd fail yeah you <laughs> wouldn't be able to do it very well so i kind of imagine it'd be something like that yeah they they and, uh, and they have a form of matter in their eyes that's right that only exists in chicken chickens eyes. are so much more complicated than you would ever reckon this thing just gets weirder and weirder yeah the more I learn about chickens, <laughs> the more amazing they are. Wow. Yeah, and there's there's a little bit. So rocks inside their heads. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what the mineral composition is. It quartz. I bet is it's it sodium. Granite. Is it? I know. I wonder what it is. I bet that it's rock some salt? sort of salt. So yeah. you know when you but say you've got rocks in your head, you can actually say that to a chicken, to a and chicken it'll and be it's true. true. <laughs> That is so funny. Well, oh. fascinating. Yeah, and I think it also has something to do with that there's little little sensory hairs in these canals that pick uh -huh. up the movements of the these rocks and things moving around. Um, some scientists said that basically um, the tracking system that they use in the military and aircrafts called um, dead reckoning, which I actually don't know what that is, but if anyone wanted to look it up, they could... Um, learn a little bit more about how they use this in technology, the same principles that chickens use to keep their heads stabilized. And there's some cool videos out there. Um, so, wait, did the military people actually say that their technology is based off of chickens? Oh, no. It's actually... Ears technology? They actually, when they first started <laughs> studying this, just they... just similar? Well, when they first started studying this, they actually observed it in birds of prey, mostly. And so sure, they yeah. used an owl, and there's a cool video online of a NASA scientist with this owl kind of in this straitjacket thing, hmm. and he's moving the body on all different points of axis and observing that the owl's head stays uh, perfectly still. Yeah. And they're amazing because their heads turn all the way backwards and yeah, they're this and that. So skeletal setup is a trip. I it's and you know studied. a lot about that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So do you Great do you have anything to add about um, because the principle that works for the owl is the same for the chicken. So maybe do you know anything about that well, ability to just, keep the head? Just that they have 
vertebrae that allow them to rotate their heads in nearly 360. Wow. wow. Yeah. Owls are so amazing. It's another one of my favorite animals. I was so disappointed as a child to learn that I couldn't do that myself. Oh, but, no, but I bet you tried. I used to have you? the most limber neck <laughs> because, yeah, for a while there, I thought if I just keep stretching. Oh, Shannon's my <laughs> owl friend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one important thing. Oh. Is okay. that the silkies cannot do this? Oh yeah. Yeah, silkies for some Can't. reason they're not good at this head tracking thing. So some people say it's because their feather structure probably might interfere with the way that hmm. that whole ear canal sensory I, thing works. I wonder works. if the things in there are actually small specialized feathers. I wonder. And they're that would be curled interesting. up because they're, they're so... all like frizzed out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Huh, that would be really interesting to Total look into. Total speculation. Yeah, I could they, see well, that's a good theory, though. They don't though. really have hair. No, I, I don't know. they don't have feathers. I shouldn't speculate. It's more like little... I shouldn't speculate, but it'd be interesting to find out. I think it's a good guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's about all I have for the... Got check num- out the no Gaius Cam and all right. no number three this week. So, we are ready for the main segment of our show. Oh. Which is a specific subject. We it's got a very, little specific, uh, but I think I can make it a little bit broader. But too. It was a hot topic in our area and on some forums. And so we yeah. thought, gosh, you know, we don't know much about this ourselves. So it'd be interesting to study and learn. Well, you know, I think if uh, you like our show, it's pretty likely that you might like uh, Punk Rock Homesteading on Facebook. Yeah. So I'm just going to recommend that you check them out um yeah they're great they're a lot of fun page they have a group page and they have a normal page just like we do actually uh so it can get a little confusing but i would definitely uh consider checking out both if you're at all interested in homesteading and you're kind of like an aesthetic that's different from like the mother earth news or red checker tablecloth and cowboy hat kind of vibe uh not that there's anything wrong with those but you know um anyway they're really they're a good page and they uh somebody that posts on there had a bear attack Mm -hmm. and the bear got their chickens yeah and then the bear was being uh hard to catch because i guess they decided to try trapping it um so that got me thinking you know yeah, bears are a real concern, and we did just move into an area mm-hmm. where there's bears here, which is kind of new for me yeah. and new for you, I think. It is new for me, and when I first moved here, I talked to the um, hardware store guy about uh, building a chicken coop. He wanted to know what projects I was doing, and yeah, he told me this story about a woman he knew where she was sure that a bear had come in and broken into their chicken coop and taken the chickens. And at first I thought, that sounds like a bunch of baloney. Like, why would a bear eat a chicken? But then huh, the not? more I heard about it, um, yeah, I realized that bears, this is a thing that happens. And I'm glad that I know now because mm-hmm. we've figured out some tips and tricks and things like that to um, prevent bears from coming into your property to investigate. Yeah. So we did some research and we thought that uh, we'd we'd share what we've learned um so one thing that 
I think I'd just like to start with is um, some basic principles about bears and the and just wildlife general predator wildlife generally and that is uh, you you want to do things to avoid attracting them mm-hmm. in the first place you know so foxes might try to break into your chicken coop but they're a lot more likely to try to break into your chicken coop if there's a giant pile of compost right next to it mm-hmm. from your house you mm-hmm. know so it's like well showing up here is a win every time anyway mm-hmm. and now that I'm here hey that smells like live animals trapped in that box you yeah, know? yeah so it's also true with bears um they get attracted to places where they might not necessarily come for your chickens but if they're already there Mm -hmm. they might notice your chickens it might be easier to notice your chickens so the first thing to think about is let's not have bears show up in the first place yes so um there's basically three elements of that there's your own garbage um there's chicken feed and then there's the birds themselves Mm -hmm. so why don't uh you talk about the chicken feed thing yeah yeah so um bears actually have an amazing sense of smell and they can smell food they can smell garbage they can smell chicken feed (sighs) from long distances away and um They'll come looking around, especially if they're hungry. And what I hear happens often is that the bears initially are after the chicken food most of the times. And when they break in and they can get into pretty much any coop, they're so strong. They can just tear through the chicken wire. They can, they can, you know, scratch through or pull apart the wood. And once they get in there, there's these freaked out birds flying all around and it's it's kind of like at that point they're like well why not and they'll kill the chickens and it's very sad um they will um also you know they're accustomed to roaming around neighborhoods looking for food in your garbage can and if you have it wide open full of delicious yummy things then it's going to make sense that they might get curious and just poke around more seeing what else you have. They might go for things in your garden and uh, other other things you have laying around, dog food, pet food. So just keep, keep food locked up in general around your property because it's an excuse for them to come looking around. Yeah. Locked up in a separate area. Yeah. It's That's best to have it thing. like in a garage maybe or the a shed. The important part is that it's away from your birds. Yeah. And that that's... And yeah, locked up too. Yeah. And uh, Shannon mentioned earlier, you know, if you have your main thing of bird food away from the chicken coop, they might just find that because it's giving off a lot of smell. You mm-hmm. might get lucky and have them just fill up on that and then you know be satiated for the night i don't want to imply that that's a tactic no 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 No, it's not a tactic it's better to just just... not because okay here's an important thing about animal psychology that most people know but it helps to point it out that 
rewarded behavior is enforced beha- reinforced behavior you mm-hmm. know if they show up and get a payout it goes in a little dot on their mental map of the whole yeah area yeah. and if you also you know you talked about they're used to going from trash can to trash can mm-hmm. but the, mm-hmm. also with people that live out in the middle of nowhere that's important too because contrast your trash can full of chicken feed with uh spending you know an hour collecting berries Mm -hmm. that you've been eating forever yeah uh, you know um or worse you know you've got a collecting food out there is work especially for a bear who's big and they're doing double time because they're trying to pack on as much fat as possible before hibernation so A lot of times they're very desperate for food and they'll mm-hmm. go for anything and everything and as much as possible. And if you leave something out, they'll, they're intelligent. They remember things and right. they'll, they'll come so back. No, the, the goal is no payouts. That yeah. means don't feed your dogs outside or mm-hmm. if you do feed them exactly the amount that they need and then bring the bowl in. Yeah. Don't, I, I wouldn't even leave a, um, even if in not bear country, I would not leave an empty food dish you out have for a dog raccoons, because and possums, all of those foxes. things will come in. If they just lick the food bowl, then yeah. it's possible they're spreading diseases to your dog. Yes. Not to mention getting Good attracted point. to your house for mm-hmm. nothing. And then it's trouble. So yeah. um, don't attract them. Uh, you can keep your chicken food in a separate building that's, mm-hmm. you know, more bomb proof, so to speak. Or I've also seen it suggested in really serious bear country that you make a um, electric fence area mm-hmm. where everything that a bear would want goes. Yeah, that was the so. main strategy for deterring bears is to put your garden, your chicken coop, your you know anything that the bears would want in an enclosed area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you made the comment about how a bear can break into any chicken coop. Yeah. And I just wanted to sort of touch on that because there's there's can and then there's will. You yeah. know, if your chicken coop is like plywood that is barely nailed up on the sides, you know, and a, a bear can just come along and stick its claws under one edge and just peel it open like a can then it's pretty likely that they're going to do it yeah if you go and buy a you know five thousand dollar chicken coop that really is built like a small grandmother unit (laughs) yeah they could break in but it's going to be hard yeah it's a lot more work and i you know i was really thinking uh the cab over the which is like a little travel trailer that goes in the Mm -hmm. back of your truck uh truck that I used as a chicken coop was pretty armored. Yeah. You know, it's all aluminum sheeting. Um, and I took fireplace grate and bolted it over the windows. Mm-hmm. And the door swings shut flush and latches and locks. I was thinking if I wanted to get really hardcore about it, I could bolt opposite sides of a um, ratcheting strap. Mm-hmm. And then it might just ratchet the strap over the door. Yeah. So there's no way to pry that open, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess the bear could sit there and like chew through the aluminum. Yeah. But I don't see that happening. And you know, I have heard uh, a friend of mine had a bear tear 
tear cheap. through a RV sort of thing, the side of an RV to get it a bag of dog food. So they can be quite strong. They will. But yeah, but... it is unlikely. Unless they're very hungry, I suppose. And you know, the nice thing about the electric fences idea is that um, it keeps them from getting there in the first place. That's really important. Something I wanted to mention that's one of the most important things is if a bear comes or you see them poking around and they did receive some sort of payoff, you can guarantee that they will come back. Or if they came and killed some of your chickens, they will be back to finish the job almost every time from what yeah. I've heard. So you want to get something going to to prevent that, to deter them, and keep your chickens safe if you have one sort of break in by a bear. Bring your chickens inside or move them somewhere safer until you can figure out a strategy. Plant landmines. No, yeah. don't, don't do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I just, that must be terrible. Yeah, but. and it's too bad too because once bears come around doing that sort of thing, they do become a danger to people and often they are shot and sometimes right. taken away, put down. So we want the wildlife to, you know, we want the wildlife to be wild and not, not come around. And It is kind of a thing, though, where, you know, they say uh, a thief can get through any lock. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Mm -hmm. um, but, but the point is that, you know, it's a question of making your lock better than everybody else's. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with bears, deer, you know. They mm -hmm. say, this is what you want to avoid with bears. And I'll use a parallel with deer. They say, you know, you put up a three-foot fence around your vegetable garden and the deer hop over and eat your vegetable garden. And then you put up a four-foot fence and the deer hop over and they eat your vegetable garden. And then you put up a five foot fence mm -hmm. and they hop over and then a six foot fence and they hop over or you can put up a six foot fence around your vegetable garden mm -hmm. and they'll never hop over too much effort right well it's just that they've learned that there's a thing you're supposed to hop over yeah yeah you know? and you they've they've learned that there's a reward on the other side that's attainable yeah. Whereas if they just start with a six foot fence, they're going to go, oh, eh, I don't know. Or yeah. maybe with some deer, it's eight, you know. Yeah. But the point is, you don't start with the. They don't see what's on the other don't, side. Yeah. Don't gradually build up your defenses in response to increasing attacks because it only encourages them to attack harder. Start with. Yeah. You know, that makes a lot of sense. That's the, that's the school of thought. Yeah. Which yeah. reminds me that we need to put corners on the chicken coop. Yes. <laughs> um, at any rate so yeah don't attract them is is huge yes of yes. course there's the usual stuff that i almost don't even want to you know like dogs help mm -hmm. proximity helps to your house you know mm -hmm. um and i did want to add a couple of things that i really didn't hear anybody mention but it seemed self-evident to me mm -hmm. and it's that um chickens stink yeah something fierce <laughs> i mean especially if you don't keep up on it you know mm -hmm. if you just mm -hmm. let things pile up yeah. you know you're talking about bags and bags of manure yeah 
Yeah. You know. And even their feathers, they have a very chickeny smell. And as things decompose, they give off smells. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so if you've got I, it just seems obvious to me that if you're concerned about attracting bears, you would admonish people to keep up on keeping the smell down. Yeah, keep the cleanliness up. And, you know, a lot of people, myself included, toss in vegetables, food scraps, and that just smells delicious. You know, my leftovers from the restaurant go to the chickens. And mm -hmm. what I would suggest is is uh, just giving it to them, you know, in portions that they can consume quickly instead of having all kinds of food laying all about in there yeah right don't leave a lot of food lying around and you know it's not going to keep your chickens uh totally odorless but mm -hmm. if it's a you know i don't know well you got the chickens and then you if got it's the a 300 leftovers and yard radius instead of a quarter mile radius <laughs> doesn't that improve your chances i'm yeah. just making up numbers but you know bears so. can smell very well and, and I think from very human far away. food smells much more aromatic than like right. a carrot or a, you know a zucchini or something like that so I think that's especially I'm guessing more of an attractant so did I, I don't know if I mentioned it but bird feeders got mentioned a lot yeah they mentioned bears will get attracted to that yeah and uh, you know don't let your chicken coop just be a giant bird feeder yeah or yeah. you'll get a giant bear <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> And then your trash can. Mm -hmm. One thing I heard suggested was um, use a ratcheting strap on your trash can. Yeah. Which yeah. basically turns it into a giant bear canister, which mm -hmm. is the trash people would probably thank you for anyway. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. So just generally don't make a bunch of smelly bear attractant in the first place. Mm -hmm. uh, keep your chicken food separate from your bird so that mm -hmm. if it does get discovered by the bear, it actually is a distraction from your chickens instead of a, a draw to yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, and now we should probably talk about defensive measures. Yeah. After one quick thing, which ah. is that you can get a uh, no waste bird feeder, which I hadn't heard about before, but okay. apparently they make ones that don't scatter seeds all over the ground. And that's good. Uh, yeah. They say that, I, I mean, I would expect a bear would just climb up and eat it, but they say that this works for bears to deter them if it's not all over the ground. But this is one of those situations, actually, where I might consider finding somebody that owns a dog if I didn't and mm -hmm. um, offering to clean their backyard for them. Ah. Do you think that would work? The smell of dog would keep a bear away, you think? Oh, wow. If nothing else, it might cover up the smell of the of chickens. Of the chickens, yeah. That would make a lot of sense. It yeah. might. It's just, you know, maximum discouragement. Yeah. That's the yeah. policy, you know. Yeah. Huh. Very interesting. Hmm. Every little bit of go away, we don't want you here. Yeah, yeah, because the main... Or more, like, being here is not a good idea. Yeah, that just like anything else, it seems like prevention is so much mm -hmm. easier than the, the remedies that they've proposed for once the bears are actually there and aware of your treats that you have around your property. Like, have you ever walked into, I don't know, a bar or, uh, I don't know, somewhere maybe a liquor store or something like that and slowly all of the elements of the environment and it's nothing you can particularly point your finger at sort of give you the feeling that yeah I should not linger here. yes yes <laughs> <laughs> you know 
that's what you want the bear to go through yeah. in your backyard. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Smells like a human has been peeing on this tree. And the dogs. There's dog poop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's oh. lights. Whatever. Yeah. There was a. Yeah, we could we could go into it more, but I remember there was something about like flashing lights or a, oh, I, a well, noise alarm. But yeah, we can I go was into that. Get into that. Okay, next. we'll yes. save the like details I was saying, for next. Now we should probably talk about defensive measures. Indeed, let yeah. us proceed. So the big defensive measure that's kind of universal to everyone who has an opinion about this is electric fencing. Yeah, they say five thousand to seven thousand watts, I believe. Uh, um. Was a general. I think that was volts. Volts, volts. Yes. yes. Sorry. Of course. Um, yeah, that's right. Um, and you know, there's lots of YouTube videos and stuff like that for you to watch about that. But I'll just give a basic rundown from my own experience, which was more with goats and other animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll give commentary on some stuff that I've seen out there. Uh, so basically there are two different ways to go with electric fencing. There's solar remote, uh, which will give you a freestanding system, which is good if you have a lot of property and, you know, want to move your chickens all over the place. And then there's grid tie, which is you set things up and plug it into your house or whatever. And, uh, the advantage of that is that it's considerably more reliable and, you don't necessarily want intermittent uh, electric fencing, <laughs> you know, non-optimal. You don't want your electric fencing to conk out at two in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would say generally, if I could, I would go with grid tied mm-hmm. electric fencing if at all possible. But the solar stuff isn't totally bad either. The videos I saw today, those people had very robust like a big solar panel Mm -hmm. and I think part of the problems that I had was that I had these dinky little things that you know looking at it was like oh well I bought the tinker toy oops (laughs) you know no wonder I was having problems Mm -hmm. um the other problem with oh well actually I guess this is more a problem of electric fencing generally but so I'll, I'll wait for that so yeah those are the two types um then it comes in different forms but the two basic forms are strand where it's just single filaments of wire and netting Mm -hmm. so uh in my opinion you might as well get netting uh or do two layers which i also like which is hard fencing with an electric perimeter Mm -hmm. and you buy a bunch of insulators and there's all sorts of different systems but the basic idea is that the hot wires can't touch any grass tree branches Mm -hmm. uh obviously grounded wire fencing you know so you have Mm -hmm. to insulate your cold wire fence Mm -hmm. like your field fencing your normal chicken run let's say from your electric fencing Uh uh-huh yeah you don't want it shorting out basically and draining all the power back into the earth 
and then there's a negative wire that does go to the ground. Mm -hmm. And part of the problem that I had with the electric fencing up where I lived is that you have to drive in these grounding rods, right? Uh, well, that sort of implies that you have soil. Yeah, <laughs> rocky terrain, huh? So yeah. That could be tricky. So you've, and also there's a problem with grounding rods where if the soil is too dry, it doesn't establish... Like, ideally, you're driving a grounding rod into wet, deep, soft oh, soil, like right? like the water is what's, what's it's connecting, connecting to the moisture? Right. That's why that works? So, oh, you know, if you're driving a grounding rod down into basically a rock tube that yeah. you've pounded with it, yeah. and just like the edges of the rock are yeah. contacting it, it's not the same as if it's... You know, That's very interesting. Yeah. Like this is why they tell you to it's get out of the conductive. water if there's a lightning storm because sure. the lightning wants to ground through water. It's like, oh yeah, that stuff. Perfect. Yeah, that had you never know? occurred to me that the the moisture in the soil was what was accomplishing that. That's mm -hmm. very very interesting. Yeah, so I had dry shallow soil up there and a junky uh, solar charger instead of a beefy one, mm -hmm. and I was trying <laughs> to keep in goats, Aww. which. Yeah. Those pesky goats. Goats live for being unconfined. For being a pain in the butt. And by that, <laughs> I don't mean that they want to be free. I mean, they would prefer to be confined and escape it, like, pointedly. You know what I mean? They're little devils. Yeah. They were cute, They're though, so cute, because though. I'd find them all, like, I'd just be sitting in my living room, and I'd like oh I think I'm gonna go get up and I don't know look outside and I'd walk over to my front door which was open <laughs> with the screen door and there'd be like all four of my goats Aww. sitting there on my front porch peering into my they're really cute so they're smart too. it was like this oh expletive you know yeah and then it was also <laughs> cute because they broke out to walk all the way across the property to see me so Aww, little <laughs> sweeties anyway uh can't reminisce forever on with the show yes uh so yeah electric fencing and i'm not gonna give i don't think we should give a seminar on electric fencing no but but just to, that's the way to go just to encourage people though too some of these videos i saw are not like the fencing i remember them putting up on the farms where i grew up it's like the wires just kind of snap into these little you know armatures yeah. Yeah. It, it looked like really they improved the technology so it's just a lot easier to set up an electric mm fence and yeah uh, huh yeah 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 i've done it before it wasn't too bad yeah and the netting looks super simple it comes pre-attached with the poles and you just uh. roll it out and squish it into the ground oh neat. Um, huh. and i would pick that over strand if mm -hmm. especially if your goal is to keep the chickens corralled yeah. i saw this one video where these people were trying <laughs> to keep the chickens in the yard with like a four strand electric wire fence yeah, and of course chickens are insulated with feathers they don't they're only going to feel it on their legs and their faces mm -hmm. and the ch the chickens you could tell they weren't figuring it except out except for the naked neck <laughs> you well, really the, got but it but they never <laughs> i don't think they really understand mm -hmm. that like because sometimes when i bump this thing it snaps me yeah and yeah. sometimes it doesn't yeah it's so inconsistent and I, I think my goats basically learned how to push their way through the strands, touching only the parts of their bodies that wouldn't wow. contact the yeah, wire. Yeah, they were smart. You know, yeah. and heavy and big. And yeah. just So I would use, if your goal is to, like, contain chickens with mm -hmm. electric fencing, definitely I would say netting. Yeah. 
And as far as the wire stuff, I remember um, a ranger, I think, talking about the placements where you want the first row like 12 inches off the ground because that's like the height of where the bear's nose no, is. No, that was mostly. for the strands. That's what I mean for the strands. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, okay, yeah. Mean. So, yeah. Yeah. The first one was nose height of the bear, which he said was how? About 12 inches, I, I believe. It seems low. But yeah, it seems low, but that's that's he, what I remember he, he said. He was the bear guy, I yeah, believe him. Yeah, And then the next one was... I thought it was like three feet. And the next was like five i think so yeah like four or five so the idea being when they're nosing around they're going to hit it on their nose and when they stand up to paw at the top or try to climb over it's going to get that too get them that too and then the middle ones for bears at least i i can't remember mm. if he said that that placement was um good for other predators as well or just specific to bears but for bears that's what he said you want to do well no because two strands more than a foot apart is easy for like, like a, a fox, fox to just hop, hop. over yeah, the, or yeah. between them. Yeah. But that guy had a system that was backed by a secondary uh, standard field fence that was yeah. like seven, eight feet high. So yeah. he wasn't relying on the strands alone to keep out predators. So those other predators would be too small to bust through that fence. Yeah. They would, um, and they're not going to go through the electric go and then up the that. field. And yeah. it's just they don't get that crazy. Yeah, yeah. The animals, there's videos on YouTube of bears discovering electric fence and man that just one snap from that thing and they are off like a rocket we saw one with two bears and the first bear went and got his nose zapped on a fence and the other one kind of just looked and decided not to not to have a go of it themselves so not only did yeah. it deter, deter the first one the one that didn't get zapped also decided not worth the bother yep. so that's yep. pretty effective i would say yeah, the second one kind of looked around and was like, I don't like this. Yes. I don't, <laughs> I don't feel safe. Yeah. Which is, a, you know, that's what you want. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I think that's pretty much all you got to say about the yeah. electric fencing stuff yeah. there. Uh, other than I would keep, there was one video I saw where this guy basically, oh, there's a couple more things on electric mm -hmm. fence. One thing that some people suggested doing was putting strips of bacon on the uh, oh, wires, yeah. which yeah. I kind of have mixed feelings for. I guess that's okay because, I, well, I wouldn't really want to get, I just wonder what else might go for bacon that is not yeah. what I want to attract, you know? Right. But yeah. I guess, I, and I would only do that if the bears already know my stuff is there. Yeah, just to quickly teach them. And the idea is it draws them to the bacon and then they get zapped, and then they go, okay, wow, what the heck was that? And they never yeah. come around again. Yeah. So just to make sure they find the fence. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody referred to it as a self-training system. Interesting. Like the, <laughs> like the wildlife trains itself to, to huh. stay away. Yeah, yeah. Which is, Very interesting. Yeah. Um, so there was that. And then what was the other thing that I wanted to say about electrical... Oh, so there's a thing where if you want to run wire up high, like to keep them off of buildings and stuff like that, you have to run a negative wire between the positives because if they're up on the side of a building and they touch a hot wire, but there's no, they, they're not grounded, mm -hmm. then it won't shock them. Oh, 
So, oh, the animal has to be grounded as well. Right. So it needs to be touching both. I so see. there's also hot cold systems. That's very important. Instead of just rows of hot mm-hmm. and then a ground. And the hot cold system, I think, would work better. Yeah. Basically, the rule with fencing is the more money you dump into it, the better it is. Yeah. Yeah. I've, and I haven't really, apart from strategic shopping, I haven't found a way around that. Yeah. The more money. The more you spend on resources. But the, the fellow said, and I don't have a lot of experience with electric fences, but from what I hear, if you put one in, it's it's going to last a lifetime. It, and mm. If it's well-maintained, it will last a long time. Yeah. It's a one-time investment that's probably very worth it. Yeah, I think that if I had a serious bear mm-hmm. situation, I would just start with that. Do you think it would keep out deer as well? Or? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. nothing like See, that's an extra perk. Zapped. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I was thinking you might as well just go with the netting because it keeps the chickens in and the, mm-hmm. everything else out. Yeah, yeah. Huh, yeah. And they use it in uh, rotational grazing with chickens, and the chickens learn fast yeah, so not to you mess with the fence. accomplish all that needs to be done in with one l- shot. less effort. And actually, I was kind of surprised. It was like 148 feet or something like that mm-hmm. for... I think you've mentioned like three hundred dollars the ballpark is that correct even that sounds high okay it, all i remember was that it was cheap yeah <laughs> it, it's surprisingly inexpensive relative to other fencing i mean compared to the risks if ah, you live in bear country i remember what i was going to say the video with the guy that electrified the deer carcass oh that was crazy it yeah. was crazy <laughs> the bear really wanted it yeah and it kept coming back and coming back and coming back yeah but I think, you know, so the idea is you set up an electric fence so that the bear never even gets to your chicken coop. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, well, I thought maybe something cool was over there. I don't even know if I could get into that building. I can't even get close enough to find out. Never yeah. mind. Yeah. Know. On to the next thing. Not not enough time to fool around with that when winter's but coming. The bear eventually got the deer because the bear got so aggravated, it just started going kind of wrecking ball and it i it looked to me like it deduced that the uh battery power the battery and charge powering thing Mm -hmm. were um part of why yeah what was going on here because the bear just looked at it and sort of stomped on it yeah like knocked over the knocked it all over the battery that was powering the system which disarmed it and then the bear took another minute to work up the nerve to finally rip the whole thing up you could tell he was really nervous like he was really thinking about it too so i'd i'd keep all of that stuff protected and i'd probably try to make sure that the main wire to the whole fencing system is not something that an animal is just going to run into and tear out yeah get one shock trip over and then stay around yeah so that's just another thing yeah um i also wanted to talk about some other ideas yeah i had for deterrent that i didn't really hear discussed and that's basically trip wires and some psychological warfare. Um, so yeah, one thing that occurred to me is, all right, let's say your your chicken coop gets attacked, mm-hmm. and you still got birds, but you know the bears are after them now, right? I think one thing that I would do that's cheap and immediate is um, get fishing line mm. and just start running it tight from 
all the way around my chicken coop, just mm -hmm. from tree to tree, you know, for yards and yards and yards in mm -hmm. just as, as much as I could, mm -hmm. you know, and ideally get bells mm. and mm -hmm. tie bells to it all. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much that you need to hear the bells, although obviously if your chicken coop is close enough, like in your backyard, that would be an mm -hmm. advantage. It's that the bear doesn't like attention. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't like pulling its way through things that it can't see. So, uh, and that's just a rule of uh, thumb with, with wildlife, mm -hmm. especially predatory animals. They don't like attention being drawn to them at all, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, because it makes them vulnerable. Yeah. And they prefer the element of surprise to... Uh, it, it allows them to stay safe, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, just generally as a rule, wildlife doesn't like noise, noise getting and, tangled in things yeah. that it doesn't understand, stuff yeah, like that. that makes sense. Um, so I would think that that would deter bears as yeah, well or yeah. alert you. Yeah. And I'm not certain about that because, I, like I said, I haven't had a lot of experience with bears, but I do know a lot about animal psychology and predators mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, people don't like that. I'll yeah. tell you that. When you're sneaking around, no one likes loud noises. Getting tangled up in bells. And getting tangled up. <laughs> now, the other thing is tripwires. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can set up tripwires to uh there there's these personal defense systems they're called mm -hmm. and it's a lot it's a very loud siren mm -hmm. i think it was like 130 decibels or something oh, like that <laughs> and a strobe light uh-huh so the idea is you carry this around in your purse mm -hmm. and then if someone you know is scaring you you pull the pin on this thing and that person's going to get the hell out of there because they've yeah. got a strobe light going in their face and lots and lots of noise yeah yeah huh. so you can rig a uh, trip wire to one of these and they're cheap they're like 15 dollars on yeah. line yeah um, and uh yeah rig up a trip line the bear you know put it i guess at nose height yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh and the bear pulls the pin mm -hmm. the sirens go off yeah. And that will be either, very disorienting. you know, that could freak out the bear. Mm -hmm. It could, if it, if you've got dogs, that'll mm -hmm. definitely get the dog's attention. If your house is anywhere nearby, you'll know. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 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 And, and I might put a few of those around maybe 20 feet away from my chicken coop. You yeah. Know, so they never even get close. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. And, you know, just, just in case you don't have, um, you know, hundreds of dollars to throw into electrical fencing right yeah. away or that sort of, you know, can't just rebuild the whole chicken coop overnight. I think that that would be the way to go. Yeah. There's, uh, <laughs> now, I think I would check my, my local laws and I don't want to advocate doing anything illegal, but mm -hmm. there are is a device that you can buy that you can load a, 12 gauge uh blank into that is also a trip wire and basically when the wire gets pulled it shoves the firing pin into the back of the 12 gauge round mm -hmm. which just charges and makes all the same bang without firing any projectiles mm -hmm. um, no you cannot put a loaded shell in it it won't work because mm -hmm. there's no tube 
mm-hmm. just don't <laughs> even think about it shame on you uh anyway <laughs> so yeah but you can put blanks in it and that will scare the bejesus out of anything yeah so, i uh i remember reading that if you do have a bear and you you shouldn't they, at least they recommend you should not go and approach it and try to scare it off or anything like that. But they mentioned yeah. you could get the firecrackers that make the bang, 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 lots mm-hmm. of banging and let those off. Some are safe, of course, but they're not going to set anything on fire. And that will usually absolutely terrify on, animals and cousins on, to run away. <laughs> yeah, they actually say throw firecrackers at them. Or okay. just the sound here's, of it. Here's my other idea. Yeah, then. Yeah. There's ones on eBay mm-hmm. that... Um, I haven't bought these, Mm -hmm. so I don't know how actually loud they are, but I imagine they make louder ones somewhere Mm -hmm. that are pull firecrackers. They've got a piece of string on each side. You pull them and they go, you know, uh, and if those are loud enough, I was, I was thinking of trying those, tying them into, what are those strings? You know, they have the string and then they have all the little ones off to the side that go bang, 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 bang. They have a name. Got me. But that's what they were suggesting is like just light it and it's just they're really loud. Yeah. Maybe not in California in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't throw fire here. Yeah. But if you've got a patio or something, you could set those off there. That'll probably scare bear away. Scare bear. Scare bear stare. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have heard it suggested that you can put a radio in your chicken coop with human sounds like yeah. someone Turn talking it to talk radio oh really and they don't like the sound of human voices oh that's very interesting wow. i don't know if that works on bears but it works on predators oh, generally neat. wow that's pretty cool yeah, anything that makes your yard shady so to yeah speak. <laughs> shady to a bear sketchy sketchy there yeah you go. go down human well, do we have anything else to cover i think that's it that's all i can remember yeah yeah clean up your smells yes <laughs> Keep your food separate from your birds Mm -hmm. and locked up. Yep. That's about it. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, uh, thanks again for listening to episode 25 of the Twin Beaks Chicken Podcast. Uh, We hope you enjoyed the show. Please visit us at TwinBeaksChickenPodcast.com. Amber put some new art up, photographs. Mm -hmm, Is that mm -hmm. correct? Yeah, I did. Um, there's a lot of pictures that I took at the Fair Oaks Chicken Festival, which we did our last episode oh, you on. You put those on the website? Yeah, awesome. yeah. So those are there. Um, yeah, so you could check those out. We've also, that's where we post the podcast. Mm-hmm. There's a place to contact us. There's a forum that we keep hoping people are post on. If you really want to talk to us on a forum, boy, I would definitely... Uh, strike up a conversation with anybody there that wants to check that out uh let's see what else do we got on there uh we have a pinterest page called the twin beaks chicken podcast and we've got our itunes yes please leave us itunes reviews Mm -hmm. we will be glad to read your reviews on the show (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'd like to hear from you uh, you can also hear from us here. You can also find us on Facebook. Yes. Uh, Facebook. You can find us on Facebook at the Twin Beaks Chicken Podcast page where we do post episodes of the show. And Twin Beaks Chicken Church, the group where we post the show. And we welcome other people to join and share chicken things with us. We've 
We had a lot of fun stuff actually from yeah, our, fantastic stuff. Our flock of fine friends out there <laughs> on the Twin Beaks Chicken Church. All right. Thanks again once for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. It's the Nighthawks and Chicken Grabber. Yeah, chick, 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 chick. <laughs>